Okay. Um, how do we start this? Happy Halloween, everyone. <laughs> oh my god. Wait, you should say happy Halloween too. Okay, we'll do it again, okay? I'll say happy Halloween, then you'll be like happy Halloween, and then we'll just go into the main credits, okay? Three, two, one. Happy Halloween, everyone. Happy Halloween. <laughs> we don't celebrate Halloween in Singapore, but yeah, it's a fun day. <laughs> Welcome to Hidden Among Us. I'm your host, Chris. And this is Honda. And welcome to episode 64, aka our Halloween special. So today we picked extra creepy stories. I I wouldn't consider my story creepy, although I've had the tab open open for like a year, but it's just... Wow. I guess creepy also. Yeah, no, seriously, the tab has been open for a year. So... For everyone out there, I'm a tab hoarder. I have like 34 open tabs you on them. my phone. My you phone has On your phone, tab. 34. Okay, then your, des- your laptop? Um, like almost 30. What's wrong with you? I, I just, you know, you might need the tab for another day. I only have like, right, six. And then I have three that's like pinned. To my browser. So like total nine. You can pin. Yeah. You can pin. Yes. And then the tab, you know, the tab will like look this long, right? Yeah. And then if you pin it, it looks like that. And oh. it's onto the side. Oh my god, I didn't know you could do that. So every time you open a browser, it'll be there. Oh my god, I just reopened. Oh no, like, like my <laughs> Gmail and my school email are like pinned. Oh, okay. I've kept those as like bookmarks. So oh, there's no. that button on the bookmark bar is that what it's called uh, yeah, yeah yeah i have that too yeah but um yeah i have like 30 tabs open on my laptop your poor uh, laptop and like 34 tabs open my phone so like you know if i need a tab it's there it's opened already you're like my mom it just keeps on opening and opening, and opening. okay but the 30 tab on my tabs on my browser is like my main browser you know how for like chrome you can have different profiles uh-huh yeah my other profiles also have tabs open but not like 30 it's like six or seven <laughs> that, that that's the true horror story of today it's um me and my multiple tabs <laughs> she got like those ta- the tab manager extension Oh, okay, okay. So, I used to have those extensions because they, like, bring it all into, like, one window, right? But the thing is, if you have unsaved data on, like, an on a website, it will erase it. So, I don't use those anymore. I just leave it open. Because for Chrome, like, even if you don't save the stuff, when it reloads, it's there. I don't know why. So, yeah, that's why I have, like, 30 tabs open. You can fight me. (laughs) Yeah, also, right now, I am drinking a very interesting tea blend. Um, 
recently my sister decided to get into teas there was a time in my own life where i was into teas like the herbal ones she bought like this pack with like different types so they have like chamomile lemongrass they have like a detox tea and the one i picked was called rooibos and cinnamon mhm yeah um it straight up smells like medicine <laughs> i haven't tried it yet but it smells like medicine congrats so i don't know what to feel about it like i have to drink this at some point drink it it's too hot can you see the i can't no it doesn't work that way <laughs> I just held up my mug like you know how influencers hold up products with the hand behind it. Okay, yeah, but it straight up smells like medicine. And I'm really nervous about drinking it because a part of me knows that I'm going to dislike this. But I have to finish it because um I decided to make it drink it. Now, okay, okay, I'm about to I'm about to take a taste test. No. Actually, mm, it tastes like water. Water, <laughs> but with like a medicinal aftertaste. Like it's not bad. Like it certainly smells worse than it tastes. So. Nice. <laughs> That's good. Yeah, I think I like it. It's good for my throat, I guess. My throat has been hurting so bad. I genuinely think it's because I can't hear myself so every time I speak to people I'm screaming. So my throat just hurts. She get your ears checked. <laughs> you know what? You're right. You get those hearing tests done. Yeah, they have those uh like pre-clinic. I mean not pre-clinics, like clinics that offer like free assessment. I'm not that old, so I don't think it's just I mean, I don't know. So, Honda, have has anything been interesting this week for you? Actually, right now in Japan, there's this um uh attack in a train. Oh. Yeah, a man like was carrying a knife and then he was like like how do you say attacking people with it. Mm. So there's 10 people hurt and then and he was also carrying carrying like an accelerant. So and he set fire. Like this happened today? Yeah, like at 8 p.m. in Japan. Oh my god. Yeah. So and there's like How videos about... on Twitter and everything. Wow, cuz I didn't receive any like news update about it. I don't think Singapore would cover that. <laughs> I mean, okay, also I think they were busy covering the elections cuz I saw that on TV. Japan. Yeah, the Japanese election. Oh. Yeah, yeah. There was this video on you on Twitter from inside the carriage. Oh goodness. You can see like people running and then you can see Wait, and at some point of the video you can see like oh it's so crowded. You can see like the fire in that train carriage they're running from. Oh my Wait, god. Wait, soon soon soon. It's after. No, but it's like because it's a train. There's nowhere for you to go. It's the thing. Uh, so everyone's rushing the towards fire? the crowd. Oh, oh my god! That's a huge flame. 
Oh gosh, people are like falling down and stuff. Oh, okay, the train reached the next stop. Yeah, but the thing is, the doors didn't open when they reached the stop. So like, people were like, because uh, in Japan, like the window, you can mm. at least open it halfway. Oh, okay. So like, people were like, like escaping from like the half window, like, like that. Oh my god, that's insane! So the doors weren't opening. So, Why yeah, were people, they opening it though? Is it to? I have no idea. Contain the suspect, but like it's a whole <laughs> no, right? And apparently, there's like an alleged video of the suspect, and the suspect were, and uh, the report did say the suspect is like twenty in his twenties, and then there's this video going around that's saying it's him. <laughs> Why is he dressed like the Joker? Yeah, that's what I was, I was thinking. Why is he dressed like a Joker? But it is Halloween, so. Also, are you allowed to smoke in the trains? Oh, of course not. But, I mean, he's not normal. Interesting. What yeah. if it's not him, though? Like I know, right? I mean, either way, smoking isn't allowed on the train. And I, yeah, at one point when I, in this video, there's this, like, man who's, like, who has, like, blood on his shirt. <gasps> oh, goodness. He's probably one of the ones that... Maya one is like seriously injured, so I don't know how that person got seriously injured. Is it the yeah, fire it... or the knife? Yeah, both. Oh goodness. <laughs> oh goodness! Speaking of another interesting crime, um, do you know how on Reddit they sometimes suggest other subreddits to you based on like your interests? Uh huh. So, interestingly. Reddit has been recommending the guinea pig subreddit to me. What's that? Like guinea pigs. Have you seen uh-huh. guinea pigs before? They're so cute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So cute. Anyway, it's very interesting because there's this person who posted about um someone they found on the internet who was abusing guinea pigs. Like this person was like, like holding them in like yeah, terrible ways and stuff. And so this person posted on the Reddit and appealed to people to help find out who it was. And they actually managed to find out who it was. Like, they were working together with authorities at one point. <laughs> Said another. Identify. And no, for real, they caught the guy. Said another, Luca Magnotta. <laughs> I, I was just like, holy guacamole. Like, they actually caught the guy. And it's so interesting because I was like... Because... I think the person who found out about this lived in Norway. And I think the suspect was someone from the United States. I don't know. It was just very fascinating. I mean, a lot of these kind of cases that appear that's like widely that becomes popular on the internet. I feel like a lot of people come together. Yeah. Particularly, like even with the Gabby Petito one or so. Yeah. Also, the Gabby Petito one is. Man, I've got a lot of thoughts on that. Um, recently, someone posted this video where it was like, they took a video of um, this poster on a tree branch that had, uh, what's his name? Brad Laundry's face. Uh-huh. And then it had his face and then it said the word murderer. And then the next clip was this person videotaping um the laundries like the the parents gardening in their backyard 
and I thought it was very interesting because the comment section was divided. So one half of the people commenting were saying like, how can they go about their lives? You know, they are clearly hiding him. I mean, they clearly hit him because recently they found remains, right? So you're saying that they hit him, they like kept information from the authorities. But another camp of people are saying that like, what do you expect them to do? They still have to mm. go about their lives. I just thought it was just very interesting. Like, I don't know, internet sleuths, armchair detectives can be quite <laughs> scary. Like, I mean, a part of me believes that they were hiding him. But at the same time, it's like, it's just my belief. I don't know if they were there's mm. no concrete evidence to prove that they were. It's all speculation. Yeah. So, yeah. Mm. I mean, I think there are serious internet sleuths who do want to find, like, Gabby Petito and him. And then there are those who are just, like, internet bashers who like yeah, to hide behind keyboard. You're riding along. Yeah, um, who, like, who stay for the drama... Well, a recent event in Singapore <laughs> also was like that. So, on the other side, um, today's crime story is researched and has evidence, so it's not armchair detectiveness. <laughs> so I'm just gonna jump right into it. Isn't this one of the best, like? Transitions to a story, Honda. Don't you, you, think? you spoiled it by adding your commentary. <laughs> <laughs> so I suck at transitions. So this is so good. I'm giving my pet, give myself a pat on the back. Okay. So, what was the story that was living on my Chrome browser for one year? <laughs> <laughs> well, this is the story of Candace Newmaker. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, <laughs> I'm just going to preface um, the story by saying that it's very difficult to hear and it's also a case of child death and child abuse. So mm. honestly, um, while I was researching this, I managed to find the actual transcript of the the event that led to the death and it was just so horrific. I was sitting there like literally sobbing while writing, while <laughs> writing God. notes for this story. So yes, but it's also, I guess, an important story for everyone to know about because I feel like, um, I don't think this story is very widely known about. Yeah, so I think, well, let me bring this story to the forefront. I want to hear. Candace Elizabeth Newmaker was actually born Candace Tiara Elmore on November 19, 1989 in Lincoln, North Carolina. So she was born to Angela and Todd Elmore and she was named Candace because her parents had heard of it on TV. Excellent, we are finding a name for your kid. <laughs> and Tiara because she was a jewel. Angela had been a teenager at the time of um, Candace's birth. And Todd was, let's just say he's not the greatest guy. Okay, so he was violent and abusive. Um, 
And her and Candace's early years essentially consisted of moving from home to home and living in trailers. So it's a very unstable home life. And because of that, Candace, as well as her younger brother Michael and her sister Chelsea, were removed from their home by social services. When Candace was five, her parents' parental rights were legally terminated. She spent time in six different foster homes before being placed for adoption. When she was up for adoption, um, a 42-year-old single nurse named Jean Newmaker would look at her little blue-eyed, freckled face and fall in love with her immediately. So she got adopted by Jean Newmaker. Unfortunately, things would be quite difficult for the both of them. So for months, Jean would attempt to bond with Candace, but was unsuccessful. Mm. Jean would buy for Candace things, such as a, a pink bicycle. She would also send her for swimming lessons, riding lessons, then ice skating classes. But no matter how much affection she poured on Candace, no matter what she bought for her to make her life as comfortable and fulfilling as possible, nothing seemed to work for the both of them. Furthermore, Candace started to display worrying signs. So she would start fires in her home. She had uh, anger issues. So she would go into violent rages that would last over an hour. She killed her pet goldfish. And allegedly, she would sexually assault other children. Hmm. Yeah. Once Candace flew into a rage um, and she pulled down a floor-to-ceiling bookshelf, which ended up falling on Jean's glass horse collection and essentially shattered all of it. So Jean was actually at a loss and once confided in her friend saying, I thought she was deteriorating before my very eyes. I was not prepared for the level of dysfunction. Mm. So Jean actually worked as a pediatric nurse. So she thought it was best for Candace to seek psychiatric help. So she believed that Candace was suffering from um, this thing called reactive attachment disorder, aka RAD, which is caused essentially by childhood abuse and neglect. So as a result, the child would be um, unable to form an attachment to their caregivers and ultimately resort to extreme behaviours such as what Candace displayed. So symptoms of RAD include a refusal to express emotion, aggression as a defence mechanism, rejection of affection and touch, and withdrawal or negativity. Jean would bring Candace to different doctors and therapists to figure out her behavioral problems. So Candace was put on medication at a young age, but where the medication was supposed to help her issues, um, the unfortunate thing was that her problems only seemed to worsen. So when all hope seemed to be lost, Jean found a different kind of therapy. She found a therapist, which was literally a kilometer away from where they lived in North Carolina, who specialized in a reattachment therapy called rebirthing. Do you have any thoughts on this idea on the, the, the term rebirthing? Because when I read it, I was just like, what is this? I feel like the first image that comes to mind is like drowning. <laughs> oh god. 
Well, <laughs> like, I don't know, like, like purification kind of thing. Yeah, I, uh, of all names to give this therapy, why rebirthing? I mean, I will explain to you why it's rebirthing, but it just feels like, the, it just feels off. Mm. Feels kind of gro- it sounds kind of gross or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, rebirthing therapy was still relatively unknown before the case of Candace Newmaker. And it mainly focused on breathing. Mm-hmm. Okay. So this part I got off WebMD, who did like a little article piece on rebirthing therapy. So thank you, WebMD. So Kelly Walden, a mechanical engineer from Atlanta who trains other rebirthers, describes it as a circular breath where the inhale and the exhale are connected. There's no pause, it's continuous, and it actually puts you in another state where you're processing thoughts and feelings and emotions, spiritually, mentally, physically, all that. Okay. I don't know. I just... Some alternative therapy is just... It's just strange to me. Maybe I'm not as open-minded about it, but some of it just seem Sus, essentially. Um, although it has to be noted that Bria Faberman, who is a communications director for the American Psychological Association, um, that this form of therapy doesn't have a legitimate standing in the mental health community. So there's not enough research to prove that rebirthing is effective. Mm, okay. But at the time, Jean was desperate. And so when this new form of therapy presented itself, she thought it could be of some help for her daughter. Mm-hmm. So on so in April of 2000, the two of them traveled to Evergreen, Colorado to do a two-week intensive session of attachment therapy. This would cost her $7,000. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I would also like to add that, okay, granted, I don't know a lot about mental health or like behavioral therapies but a two-week intensive one does not seem right to me usually when it comes to like therapy it's it's over a period of time it's longer it's quite brutal but you need the time especially in cases like Candice's where there's obvious trauma involved and you need to work through the trauma and she's a child as well She's mm-hmm. a 10-year-old child, so she's not going to understand a lot of things. And that's why it presents in violent behavior, because she can't process it, right? Mm-hmm. So to me, just reading that this is a two-week intensive session, it just didn't seem right to me. Like, to me, it's already suspicious, but I guess at that time, Jean was just incredibly... um desperate for something because it's been years since she adopted um Candace and like nothing was helping yeah yeah so anyone out there if a therapist says that they're going to like solve your issues in two weeks it's a bit suspicious yes a bit yeah um okay furthermore the terrible the terrible <laughs> well the terrible therapy um the therapy will be conducted by um, a woman named Connell Watkins. So to get to Con- Connell Watkins, Jean actually got a referral from William Goble, 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 who was a psychologist in North Carolina. So 
Gobble is a legit guy, right? Mm-hmm. But this referral for Cornell Watkins was very interesting to me because Cornell Watkins did not have a license. Okay. So she was not licensed to do this form of therapy. Right. Um, the first week of therapy went well and was conducted in Watkins's home, which is another red flag to me. Why are they doing it in her home? Um, Watkins deemed Candace fit for the second phase, which is essentially the rebirthing therapy itself. So along with Julie Ponder, who was another unlicensed therapist <laughs> and therapeutic foster parents, which I thought was a very interesting concept. So therapeutic foster parents were three people. So it was Britta St. Clair, Jack McDaniel, and finally Jean Newmaker, who was Candace's adoptive mother. So the five of them embarked on this journey with um, Candace to do this rebirthing therapy and work through her attachment issues. On April 18th, 2000, the rebirthing um, schedule began. So it involved simulating the actual birth process where Candace was to attempt to essentially, like a baby, you know, like you have to struggle and come out of the birth canal in order to be reborn. Mm-hmm. Okay. Candace was wrapped in a sheet and placed under a pile of pillows. Then the, literally the, the four of them, minus Jean Newman, would lay on her to apply pressure. Oh no. So this, this is their birth canal, essentially. So mm-hmm. it's from this setup, Candace would have to fight her way out of this birth canal and into the arms of Jean Newmaker. So at the beginning of the session, um, Julie Ponder and the other therapist tells Candace to lie on the navy flannel sheet and, they cur- and curl into a fetal position. She then says, Imagine yourself as a teeny little baby inside your mother's womb and what it felt like. Warm. It felt tight because her stomach was all around you. Then Candace was tied in the sheet. So they wrapped it around her and then they twisted the end above her head. So she was literally like wrapped and contained in this giant sheet. After which the pillows were placed and then the four adults began to lay on her. So at this point, it's going to be the transcript of what happened. So I'm just going to read out. Okay. Ponda asks, what do you think you thought about when you were in there? There being the birth canal. Candace says, I thought I was going to die. Jean Newmaker then says, I'm so excited. I'm going to have a brand new baby. I hope it's a girl. I'm going to love her to hold her and tell her and tell her stories. I'm going to keep her very safe. Every day we'll be together and she'll be with me forever. Honda asks Candace if she believes her mother's words. Candace says she does. Then when asked how does that make her feel, Candace says that it makes her feel happy. Watkins then says, if the baby doesn't decide, decide to be born, she will die. When the baby decides to be born, it's a wonderful thing. To which Ponda asks, So little baby, are you ready to be born? Candace says, yes. 
Then Ponder instructs her to push her feet because her head has to come out first. If you stay in there, you're going to die and your mommy's going to die. She's very strange. <laughs> Tell a child, like, what is happening here? <laughs> I feel like this thing, they took this whole birthing process. Too literal. Too literally, like, <laughs> this child does not need to know that her mother is going to die. Oh, dear Lord. So this is about nine minutes into the session, okay? Candace begins to panic, asking who is sitting on her. She begins to cry. Watkin tells her that sometimes it takes 18 hours to be born. Oh my god. It's just, it's very interesting because like, from this transcript, it feels like there is, there isn't empathy between the therapists and Candace. Mm-hmm. Because I think it's very important, particularly when you are the therapist for a child. You need to be able to empathize with them and to like speak in a language that they can understand. Mm. I feel like being very adult with her, like if you don't come out of the can- canal, you will die. <laughs> Your mother will die. Then when she says, <laughs> I want to come out, she's like, oh, you know, sometimes birds take 18 hours. Like, okay, she's a 10-year-old child. She does not comprehend any of these things. Mm. She just wants to get out of there. Okay, nearly 40 minutes later, Candace begins to scream, stating that she can't do it and that she can't breathe. She says that someone is pushing down on her head and so she can't get out and begs for the person to let go of her head. Ponda asks, do you want to be reborn or do you want to stay in there and die? But Candace is struggling. She's moaning and begging and she can't breathe. So Ponda asks her if she wants to die, to which Candace oh says that she doesn't want to die, but she feels like she's about to. Candace begs. And then Watkins asks Jean if she can feel the contractions, to which she says yes. Holy guacamole. Candace continues to struggle, begging them to let her know how to get out. She keeps asking, where am I to go? Right here, right here. I'm supposed to go right here, please. Please, okay, I'm dying. Okay, I'm dying. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And it's just so sad because um, she keeps asking like where to put her hands because she cannot find a way out. Plus mm. there's like four freaking adult bodies like crushing her. Like how is she going to get out anyway? And she's 10. And she's 10. She's a- Oh God, okay. She repeats over and over, I'm dying, I'm going to die, I want to die. Then she asks for oxygen and then asks, you mean like you want me to die for real? And you know what the adults say? Yes. (laughs) Yeah, Ponda says, "Uh uh-huh. Oh my God. Candace asks, die right now and go to heaven? Ponda says, go ahead and die right now for real. For real. Candace says, okay, I'm dead. Ugh. The mother is just like... The mother's in the other room watching all this and I'm just like... Going along with it. Oh God, like I feel like if I saw, if I heard my child screaming like that, 
I would ask to stop the session. I will kick those four adults away. <laughs> yeah, precisely. Kick I them off, my child. I don't know if it's because she she's like stuck in a mental state where she's like, this is Probably. a therapy, it's going to be difficult. Yeah. But like the moment my child starts to say that I'm dying, I can't breathe. Like it doesn't matter. I feel like it, they would traumatize her more. Yeah, precisely. But it, I mean, okay, I feel like some people just think that kids are overdramatic. So when they say these things, they don't actually mean it. But I feel like as a parent, even if my kid is saying it as like a joke or like they just want a way out of it, right? I would respond to it. But I like, would still go in there and ask them to stop to check on her. Literally four adult bodies on a child and a child is in a blanket with no like there's no fresh air in there. There's no fresh air. And she's panicking. So obviously, like, you know, she can't breathe properly. <laughs> so even if it's supposed to be hard, like, I don't know, use your brain <laughs> and assess the situation. I know. The thing that also pissed me off about this is the fact that Jean is a pediatric nurse. She works with children. Like, how are you not able to identify a panicked child? Mm. Right? Like, my goodness. Alright, okay. And that it's about to get worse. So, take a breath. Maybe. Watkins tells Candace... It's not always easy to live. You have to be really strong to live a life, a human life. <laughs> so at this point, Candace's breathing is labored and she says that she's feeling sick. Watkins says, just go ahead and die. It's easier. It takes a lot of courage to be born. Candace says, you said you would give me oxygen. Watkins then responds with, you got to fight for it. Oh, okay. Yes, this next part was just horrible. This was the part where I just started crying. Okay, let's go. Um, Candace then vomits and tells them that she needs to poop. But they don't listen to what she's saying. So she eventually has to go in her own pants. And when she tells them that she has essentially pooped her pants, Honda tells her, go ahead. And then Watkins says, mm. Stay in there with the poop and vomit. <sighs> yeah, I have a little note here that says that there's just something about a person, like a helpless person covered in their own excrements that makes me very upset because it just shows that they d- didn't view her as a human being. Mm. They just let her get covered in like her own vomit and her own poop. And that being said, right, if you see an animal that out of stress poops itself, people immediately, they understand. They see and they know that this animal is stressed, it's frightened, Mm. right? Like, why wasn't this kind of immediate reaction given to Candace? Like, the very fact that she had to relieve herself in such a frightened state. Like, she was so frightened that she had to, like, go on herself, right? It's already a red flag. And these people were just so, I guess, I don't know, like, concerned with making sure that the the process of the therapy goes well, that they completely ignored her. And the fact that they were like, yeah, just go ahead and, like, 
poop and vomit on yourself and then just stay in there and it's just man i'm so pissed at these people (laughs) okay so a while after she vomited and pooped on herself candace began to scream that she couldn't breathe and then my goodness this fucking (laughs) gene new makeup goes i'm so excited to have this baby i'm waiting for you to love you and hold you is she okay like what the ma'am do you not see what's going on okay ponda then asks candace to scream candace says no Jean then comes in with more irrelevant shit. She says, baby, I love you already. I'll hold you and love you and keep you safe forever. Don't give up on your life before you have it. Uh, okay. You know, thinking back, right, there's something ominous about it, almost as if they wanted to kill her. Don't you think? Mm. It's just so strange that they kept saying like, oh, you know, you can just go and die. And then yeah, Jean, especially the mom the itself, therapist. Yeah, and then the mom itself is just like, don't give up on your life before you have it. Like, who tells this to a child? Also, like, if you're giving birth, like, would you ever say this to, like, a baby that's coming out? No. <laughs> the mom is the one that's screaming. <laughs> it's so, oh, God. Okay. 30 minutes into the session, Jack McDaniel repositions himself on Candace's head. Candace stops responding. At this, Ponda grabs another pillow and puts it on Candace, asserting that there has to be more pressure for her to fight her way out of. Watkins then says, it's getting pretty tight in there. Like, thank you for the self-awareness, Watkins. Ponda says, yes, less and less air all the time. It honestly sounds like they were killing her. Like they intentionally wanted to kill her. So Ponda and McDaniel adjust themselves on Candace. And then Ponda says, she gets to be stuck in her own puke and poop. Watkins then says, uh-huh, it's her own life. Quitter. It's like you're calling a child a quitter? Jeez Louise. Candace then says, No. And these are her very last words. McDaniel then says, Mama got you this far, now it's up to you. Watkins replies, Candace is used to making her life everybody else's problem. She's not used to living her own life. She is 10 years (laughs) old. And she has been through a traumatic childhood. She was taken away from her own parents. She was put around in foster homes before being adopted. It's not that she wants to make her life everybody else's problem. It's because she is clearly traumatized and she has no way to process and work through it. Mm. McDaniel says that she doesn't want to live and is a quitter. I don't understand why he's Adults, I was supposed to say animals, but I guess <laughs> equivalent. But I don't want to sully the name of animals in general. These people kept calling her a quitter. Like, what is going on? Mm. Then Watkins asks McDaniel and St. Clair to take a break. After which, she and Ponder begin to discuss someone who is stressed 
and then talk about their dream homes and a million-dollar property that was being remodeled nearby. All the while slow putting pressure on Candace. Then Watkins says, let's talk to the twerp. Emphasis on twerp. They don't see her as a person. They think she's a problem child and it's okay to abuse her like this. It's clear as day. So after she says, let's talk to the twerp, the both of them unwrap Candace. And then Watkins said, Watkins then says, oh, there she is sleeping in her vomit. But Candace's lips and fingers were blue and she was completely motionless. So Jean, who, who had been in another room saying stupid, useless shit instead of cutting in earlier on, ran in screaming because she knew something was wrong. She immediately started CPR while 911 was called. Um, Candace had been pinned down between adults weighing a total. So we put all their weights together. She was pinned down by 305 kilograms. <sighs> it's like crash syndrome. <laughs> yeah. When the paramedics arrived, McDaniel told them that Candace had been left alone for five minutes during the session and wasn't breathing. They were able to get her pulse and rushed her to the nearest hospital via helicopter. However, she was declared brain dead and the next day she was declared brain dead the next day due to asphyxiation. Mm. In total, Candace had told the adults that she was going to die 11 times and they ignored her. During the investigation, Watkins told authorities that she didn't take Candace seriously, we knew, because <laughs> death and rebirth were all metaphorical. So her telling that she was going to die was metaphorical too. Like, I think this person has no brains at all. Um, Yeah. Nearly 10 hours of footage had been recorded and were turned over to the investigation. So the transcript I read for this story, right, was actually a transcription of the video that they took recording this session. I think yeah. they recorded it though. Yeah. <sighs> At least I think they, it was yeah. but they recorded it because it's it was like this experimental thing. Because if not, you know, they might have gotten away with like lighter sentences or like they could do it again. Wonder. I feel just hang in there. Just hang in there. <laughs> oh no. Okay. Uh yeah, so nearly 10 hours of footage was recorded and were handed over to the police. A year later, Watkins and Ponder were tried and convicted for reckless child abuse resulting in death and got 16 years in prison. Mm-hmm. Okay. Britta Sinclair and Jack McDaniel pled guilty to criminally negligent. What am I reading? Uh, Britta Sinclair and Jack McDaniel pled guilty to criminally negligent child abuse and were given 10 years probate probation 10 years probation and a thousand hours of community community service that they managed to get through a plea bargain so about jean newmaker aka mother of the year <laughs> she pled guilty to neglect and abuse charges and was suspended for four years after which the charges were expunged from her record why 
Watkins eventually attempted to appeal against the conviction, but failed. During the trial, psychologist and attorney Christopher Barden saw the tape of the rebirthing and, con- and commented, holding children down, yelling at them, screaming at them, calling them names. This is not therapy. This is child <laughs> abuse. Hmm. We agree 100%. Unfortunately, Watkins was paroled in June 2016 and till today believes in rebirthing. Congratulations. Oh, you have proven character growth is possible. She said, I know I'm not a child abuser. <laughs> I know my intent and the techniques we've used has helped hundreds of children. Oh, By the way, God. as I mentioned before, <laughs> there's no conclusive evidence to show that rebirthing is like even effective. So as a result of this case, Candace's law was enacted in Colorado and North Carolina. And this law essentially outlaws dangerous reenactments of the birth experience. There was a lot of debate about this case in um, like the psychiatry community, actually. So there were questions about the severity of Candace's behavioral problems. And they were asking if she even needed this kind of therapy in the first place. Because allegedly, there were some reports that said that Candace was well behaved in school. I mean, it's not conclusive, you know, like a person can behave differently in different places. So, mm, yeah. You know, yeah. But at the end of the day, it was just like, did she need this form of therapy? Mm. Yeah. And also, why did Jean go to somebody? I mean, why was she referred to somebody who was unlicensed? Right. And why would you go to this person even knowing that they weren't licensed? So, yeah. So this, in the end, it's just tragic. And yeah, so this is a story of Candace Newmaker. (sighs) (laughs) You need some time to process it. Hmm. I haven't heard of this case, but it's interesting to think about. It's very sad. Yeah. Man, I mean, once again, to reiterate, I don't like children. (laughs) But at the same time, it's like, I never, ever, ever want children to ever feel pain. Of course. Yeah. Like, there was a long period of time in my life where I freaking hated children who cried and screamed on like, public <laughs> transport. I remember like sometimes in the train when children scream, I would like text Shannon Honda and I'll be like, oh my God, it's a child screaming. And there's this one time where the both of them were just like, dude, can you just leave this child be? Like, But then after a lot of self-reflection, it's actually not that I'm inconvenienced or like upset. I mean, it's not because I'm inconvenienced by their crying. It's because the sound of children crying, like particularly babies crying, just sounds extremely distressful. So I get very anxious because I just... I mean, babies cry like they're in pain sometimes. And to me, it's just like my brain just processing it as like, it's not a good situation. Mm. Yeah, so like, like once again, like, I objectively don't like children, but like I would never ever want something terrible to happen to them. So when I see cases like Candace Newmakers or like Gabriel Fernandez, it's just it's just like how, you know, because children are 
I guess, always believed to be like the pinnacle of innocence. So when something like shitty and something horrible happens to them, it's really like they don't deserve it. They've never deserved this kind of thing. You know, like they've had the, they have their whole lives ahead of them. Mm. You know, and like this is very nice line from like this show called Midnight Mass where like this one character tells somebody else that like he literally went through time and he stole time from her. And this is essentially what these therapists and her adoptive mother did. They stole time from her. They stole her entire life. And that's what makes this kind of story just so heartbreaking. It's because Mm. she was a child and she had so much ahead of her. Yeah. And she cannot experience that. She can never experience it. And she came from such a shitty background. And her future that was supposed to be bright was just... (laughs) that, That flame was completely just like burned out, like blown out for her. Yeah, so... Yeah. Honda, do you have a horror story for us today? Well, my horror story isn't too deep. It's pretty, for me, pretty funny. <laughs> okay. Thanks, Honda. Oh, I mean, a lot of ghost stories are quite funny to me, so. Oh my god. You know, like, it's quite interesting because my friend and I have been, like, obsessing over this idea of ghosts and, like, haunted houses and stuff like that. And, like, hold on, let me find this thing I saw the other day. And I was like, dang. Okay, maybe it's the the lit student in me that overly romanticizes stupid <laughs> shit. Hold on, let me read it for you. Okay, so this is by um, Zombie Coded on Tumblr, who wrote... The thing is, I think horror needs to have a little love. It needs to have an obsession. Does the parasite in your body love you? It raises you from the dead. It sustains you. This is its body. This is your body. Does the haunted house feel intruded upon? Is it hungry? What is hatred but adoration? Listen. Does the parasite... Inside your body, you love you. I just... Isn't that the most beautiful thing you've ever read? Like, heard of? I think it's so beautiful. Maybe that's why I like Mike Flanagan's horror stuff. There's a romanticization of horror and ghosts. I don't know, I'm just... It's the lit in me. I'm sorry. Hold on, I can carry on with your story. Yeah. So, I'm not going to be talking about just one ghost. Okay. It's like, yeah, three. Oh. But, like, they appear in, like, similar locations. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh, interesting. (laughs) Okay. So, I'll be talking about ghosts in toilets <laughs> no <laughs> that yeah in Japan and South Korea okay okay my mom has encountered ghosts in toilet I think I said it during our um, anniversary did I yeah I think it's it yeah my god okay ghosts in toilets is just like it's the same concept as lizards in toilets right it's like, you're there with it, you're terrified, you can't get out. 
<laughs> yeah. I wouldn't react like you if there's okay, a lizard well... in my toilet. <laughs> oh my god, if you're in my house at night, I think you'll die. And the lizards that come out at night here are like the size of my palm. Goodbye. I didn't hear that. It's not like this. <laughs> they're to like me. they're thick. They're thick with two C's. Oh god. Okay. <laughs> if I just said two C's, I'm just I'm done. All right. <laughs> Okay, so the first toilet ghost is called the Chukshin from South Korea. Mm-hmm. So the Chukshin is a fierce goddess who dwells in the bathrooms and manifests herself as a woman with long black hair, of course, oh, which God. she constantly grooms while sitting in the darkness. Okay. Yeah, so she's easily angered and relentless. And if you want to enter a toilet and she's there, it's it was custom to clear one's throat three times before entering the bathroom. So it has to give her time to hide. Oh, okay. Yeah, but if you don't clear a throat, so she usually perches like along the ceiling. Oh, no. No. And if you don't clear your throat, she will wrap her hair around your neck and strangle you. Why are you smiling? (laughs) Is it the image? I thought it could be worse. Like she takes a dump on you or something. Like what? Oh god. No, I'm just you know I can imagine just looking up and then seeing this long haired. Yeah, and dirty, like, oh god, okay, goodbye. I'm smiling as a coping mechanism, but in the dark toilet. And you're the only one there. Goodbye, goodbye. This is why I take my phone with me to the toilet so I have the flashlight. Thank and you. then you like flash it up and you see yeah, like... I, listen, when I enter the toilet, I check everywhere. Like I check the, the seating and everything because I'm terrified of lizards. I guess now I'm adding like freaking chickens <laughs> to the mix too. Yeah, so the mere touch of her hair inflicted a disease which cannot be cured. Yeah, and there's, there's also a similarity between you and the Chukshin. Why? She hates children. I don't... <laughs> you know, I just said I don't like children. You, you said it just now. I just did. I just... I don't hate them. You used the word hate just now, right? <laughs> I don't. <laughs> Okay, yeah, and she's especially powerful on dates ending with a six. Oh, okay. Yeah, so people actually, um, okay, so the toilet that she found, she's found, usually found in, it's like an outhouse kind of toilet in oh, rural okay. areas. So yeah, so people would appease her by giving her rice cakes. Oh, okay. Yeah, so that, you know, she won't cause too much trouble. Okay, well, that's a pretty wholesome fix to that problem. Well, when I was researching, and then there's this story. Mm-hmm. Um, so a student recalled his grandmother's experience. So, oh, God, okay. Yeah. So the grandma moved to an like, older, olden-style, Korean-style home, surrounded mm-hmm. by a courtyard, and the outhouse was situated near the front gate. Mm-hmm. That is so inconvenient to have to leave your main house to go to the toilet. Imagine at night. 
but that's how it was in the past so right if i'm not wrong yes yeah on the first night she woke up well before dawn to the cries of a small boy oh goodbye <laughs> my other fear crying and it, children and it seemed to be coming from her friend gate but she assumed that it was one of her neighbor's children so she ignored it and drifted back to sleep so the following morning, she went out and explored her neighborhood and was surprised to discover that there were no small boys living nearby. And later, when okay. <laughs> she went to bed, she laid half awake, expecting the cries to begin again, but there was only silence. So she then drifted off into sleep, but it was you know, not a good sleep. And she was soon awakened by the sound of the boy crying. Oh, no. So she got up and made her way to the front door. And then she saw a small boy standing in the dark. Plot twist, it was the black-eyed children. (laughs) Yeah. Send me in, I need to use your phone. No, okay. So even in the darkness, she could see that the boy was about three or four years old and his clothes was dripping wet. Okay, goodbye. She called out the boy and asked his name and where he lived, but the child didn't say anything. When she started to approach him, he suddenly turned around and ran out the door and into the outhouse. Mm. And as he ran to the outhouse, the air was filled with the boy's pitiful cries. I feel like you'll be more scared than the ghost. (laughs) You know what? You're right. Yeah, so she slowly made her way to the outhouse and gently opened the door. And then the wailing stopped. And she could only see the dark hole that was used for the toilet. The boy disappeared. So she was obviously confused. So she returned to her house. And then when she entered her room, the boy started crying again. Goodbye. And that wailing sound continued until dawn broke. So apparently they never found the young boy and the young mother moved away to help her forget the pain. Mm-hmm. So the elderly woman was convinced that the small boy had fallen into the toilet and she made arrangements for it to be taken down and the sewage to be searched. Okay. And then as they were searching, the remains of a young boy were discovered in the sewage. Goodbye. <laughs> Goodbye. So the spirit was, you know, the the body was probably buried and there was a proper like ritual for it for mm-hmm. to appease the spirit. Then the following night, after the ceremony, this the elderly woman woke up in the middle of the night. And then when she looked towards the door, she saw the young boy looking at her. But he his clothes were no longer dripping wet. And he smiled, and then he disappeared. So she never saw the boy again. <laughs> You're gonna cry. <laughs> so wholesome. It was quite interesting because, like, initially you said the chukshin, right? Mm. Sort of resembles. I'm not gonna say Bondi because I don't want to conjure her. Um, 
but sort of like sadako. But I always find it interesting because like even though there's this sort of like fixed definition, like what people usually say they look like, right? They usually take different forms. Mm. Yeah. I, feel like I think the word becomes like a general ghost. Yeah, like a general ghost kind of thing. So if there's a ghost in the toilet, oh, it's just, it's a joke. She doesn't have to be a long-haired woman. I'm clearing my throat like loudly three times. I feel like it's always a thing, you know, to like like knock three times or like oh. cough three times. It's very interesting. The next one, you have to knock three times. I'm gonna tell you the story about my art studio in secondary school I think you did you have to like knock on the door before you yeah, go yeah so there's this one time where we had like art class and then my class was ready to go and my art teacher always had the habit of knocking three times before entering the room so when we got there we were like trying to enter but we couldn't we literally tried like several of us tried to open the door we couldn't open the door and we were texting our art teacher and he was like listen the door's open I left it open for y'all so in the end, we were like, we, we tried, it's been 20 minutes, you need to come down here. So he comes down, and then he knocks three times, and then he goes to open the door, and the door opens easily. That's yep. creepy. After that, we were a believer. It was also the only <laughs> room in the entire school where the cross fell. <laughs> That's interesting. So, well... <laughs> Why is there always haunted areas in schools? I don't know. Catholic schools make it worse or so. <laughs> no, no, when my school was in the holding site, because mm-hmm. it's like an old campus that they'll use, right? So there'll be there's this like a bit creepy looking toilet. Goodbye. And then, yeah. And then people always say there'll be something there. Goodbye. Not the freaking toilet. Okay, yes. So the next toilet ghost <laughs> is called Hanako-san. Okay. Yeah, she's you mostly um referred to as Toire no Hanako-san, which is Hanako of the toilet. No, because this has been your official ghost name. <laughs> Hanako of the toilet. Okay. Yeah, so this is a quite a popular urban legend. So mm-hmm. it's spirit of a young girl named Hanako-san who haunts school toilets. Oh. Yeah. So she has a. So Hanako-san is described to have a bob hair, bob haircut, and okay. she either wears a red skirt or dress. Okay. Yeah. It's so really different from the long black hair. Mm, I mean, this time, this time is a young girl. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Both are creepy. Mm. Yeah. So there's different origin story for Hanako-san, and some versions Hanako-san was a child who was murdered by a stranger. Or an abusive parent in a school toilet. Mm-hmm. In other version, in other versions, she was a girl who committed suicide in a school toilet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So to summon Hanako-san, it's often said that individuals must enter a girl's toilet, usually on the third floor, and they have to knock three times on the third stall, <laughs> and ask if she is there. Interesting. So like three, three, three. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so if she's there, she will she will usually reply, yes, I am. Okay. Yeah, and after she replies, and then they will people would see a hand 
or Hanako Hosen herself, and she'll pull the individual into the toilet, leading to hell. So what's the point of asking if she's there? If you want to go die, I guess. Oh god, okay. So I wonder if you don't knock and then you enter the third stall on yeah, the third it... floor. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And the last story is even more bizarre. Okay. It's called the Akamanto. And actually, I didn't know this until today, but there's actually a very similar story. I think it's almost the same in South Korea. So uh-huh. both country has the same toilet goals. Okay. Yeah. I'm more interested in the fact <clears throat> that you decided for our Halloween special <laughs> toilet-themed stories. Yeah, because I've known about all these. I mean, other than the chickens, but I've known the Japanese ones. But it's like, they're too small to be covered on their own. Mm, and I thought toilet ghosts would be interesting. <laughs> okay. Well, at least it counterbalanced the heavy story at the start of this episode. You're right. You're right. <laughs> yeah, so the Akamanto means red cape. And it's about an, a Japanese urban legend about a masked spirit who wears a red cloak. A and masked who, a, spirit that wears a red cloak. Yeah, so there's like a mask. Like a superhero. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And this spirit appears to people using toilets in public or school bathrooms. Mm-hmm. And apparently, some says that beneath the mask, Dakamanto is male and he has a handsome face. <laughs> A handsome superhero. Me going back to the romanticization of ghosts. <laughs> you can... Authors will have a field day with this guy. You want to make a short story about him? <laughs> but it's so sad, like dates in, in the toilet. <laughs> yeah, so this spirit will ask the user of the toilet a very specific question. Oh, okay. Do you want the red or the blue toilet paper? Not this Matrix shit. <laughs> so Chris, which one would you choose? Oh god, wait, wasn't this like a Squid Game thing as well? Like, you have to pick a colour, right? Oh, that's like the first episode. <laughs> yeah, like, I mean, I didn't watch Squid Game, I just know. You should watch it. <laughs> okay, so red or blue? Um... Okay, here's my thought process, right? Red in Asian cultures usually is like prominent, whereas blue is not so much. So so I'm not sure if the red will lead to disaster because of how prominent it is, or if it's a good thing and it will save you. Red? I'm going to pick red. This is where your lip brain fails you and you're being too analytical. I mean, what has blue? Blue is not prominent in Asian culture at all. No one ever says give blue things for prosperity. It's always red and orange and gold. Okay, Chris, you don't need to write an essay on the symbolism <laughs> of red and blue in this story. <laughs> also in Squid Game, everyone who picked blue ended up like that. So like that. <laughs> <laughs> I I'm gonna choose red. Well, well, you die. Well, <laughs> great. Well, blue leads to death as well, so... Well, then what's the point? <laughs> what's the point of 
you're essentially choosing the way you die. Oh God, okay. <laughs> so the legend is that if you say red, he will flay your skin until you die. Goodbye. <laughs> if you say blue, he'll suffocate you on like where you sit. You know, I'll, I'll take the asphyxiation. I change. So that's why it's red is like you because you end up bloody. Yeah. And blue is because you end up blue. Yeah. <gasps> so that's the color you're picking. Okay. So if you try to avoid this situation and say like another color like white, then he will bring you to the underworld. Okay, so which is better? Like just going to the underworld? And go through all the levels of hell. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, I think the Korean version is also like more or less likely the same. But I think in the Korean version, the ghost you end is... up in a squid game. <laughs> oh, you are the enforcers. The spirit is female in the Korean version. Oh. Okay. Yeah, I'm quite surprised. Usually, spirit toilet ghosts are all female, but then <laughs> the Japanese one is a male. For once, and he's good looking, and you have no choice but to die either way. Mm. Well, okay. Yes, I mean there are tactics where you can, um, because he actually asks really politely when if, when he's asking red or blue paper, so if you reply politely by saying no, you have the chance to run away. <laughs> but I guess people if they're given two choices then they don't think of anything else I might say no because I really don't like interacting <laughs> with people particularly in public toilets or toilets in general you no, know what the number the... of times like those people who try to like sell um, those I don't know coupons for like hair stuff like hair care stuff you know, you can like pay like $30 and you have a bunch of like coupon thingies and you can go to a hair salon to redeem a free haircut or some shit. The number of time I've looked them in the eye and I've just been like, no, I'm not interested. Bye. They're like sped off. You can't even count it. So maybe I would do the same to this guy. Just be like, <laughs> I have a nice day. Peace out. And just like run. What can you I do? thought you were saying me? that you encounter these people in the toilet. Oh God, no. Oh god no. I was like, oh, you have interesting encounters in the toilet. <laughs> Selling you hair stuff, hair coupons. Oh god. I mean, in JC, one of the more interesting encounters in the toilet was with this girl who accused me of not following her back on Instagram. I, I think uh, I remember you saying this Yeah The thing is right I was like Okay I'll follow you back She was not even following me The fuck <laughs> She wasn't even following me So I was like Where is this coming from I don't even know you <laughs> I mean you really don't know That much people in school This is like in year one It was just after orientation Ah like, uh, yeah then That's even worse Maybe she thought you were someone else No She specifically cornered me In the door <laughs> She was there. I was ready to go. I was washing my hands and leave. She was like, But did she say your name? 
She knew who I was. She was like, okay, you didn't follow me back on Instagram. I was like, girl, I don't even know who you are. <laughs> so I followed her. On, like, I searched up on the spot. She wasn't even following me. So And you told her that? I was like, I think she realized. And then it was just like, ha, 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 ha. it's awkward. So... Yes, so these are stories from the toilet. <laughs> well, thank you, Honda. This is great. Now I will avoid the toilet, even though this tea makes me want to pee so bad right now. Yeah, careful not to look up when you're in the toilet. <laughs> now you have other things to worry about. <laughs> yeah, I have other things to worry about. <laughs> other than lizards. Other than lizards. Oh, jeez. Oof. If you enjoyed this episode and want to support us, please rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts, leave us a review, and click that follow button on Spotify. You can also listen to us on Google Podcasts, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Amazon, and whatever podcast platform you listen to. And you can follow us on Instagram at Podcast. Share us a message or send us a story if you'd like. You can also email us at hiddenamongustree at gmail.com. Thank you for listening and we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Have a happy Halloween. Although this episode will be posted after Halloween. So have a happy post-Halloween.